0: Digital Marketing Radio, episode 164. How to grow your business fast. DigitalMarketingRadio.com Digital Marketing Radio is part of the 3B Podcast Network. UK casters talking business growth. Find out more over 3BPN.com The Big
1: Interview with David Bain
0: I'm David Bain and today I'm joined by a man who helps SMBs increase their brand awareness, improve their lead generation and enhance their customer acquisition. He's the founder and CEO of Impact Marketing, of Impact Branding and Design, rather. Welcome to DMR, Bob Ruffalo.
1: David, thank you so much for having me, man. It's wonderful to have you here, um, Bob.
0: And I'm sorry I tripped over your brand name there. Impact Branding and Design. Yeah. No, we usually just
1: go by Impact anyway, so that works.
0: (laughs) Okay, great. Well, it's great to have you here. And you can find Bob, of course, over at impactbnd.com. Got the domain name right. There you go.
1: That's it. That's correct.
0: That's the the most important thing. So um, we're talking about um, growing your business fast here. So, um, Bob, um, would you say that there's a common theme as to why some businesses just can't get traction with um, growth marketing initiatives?
1: You know, absolutely. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working with hundreds of companies over the last few years. So Impact's about seven years old. And, you know, we've always worked with different types of businesses, small, mid-sized businesses. We've even worked with some enterprise businesses. And, you know, over these seven years... Um, there's definitely been um, a pattern of some companies that are able to get traction and be super successful. Um, I like to say that we've been lucky enough to be part of that journey and maybe contribute in a small way. But the, you know, I'd be lying to say that every client we worked with was a success story. I wish that was the case, but unfortunately, it's just not. And you know, over the last couple of years, really just scratched my head and saying like, why are some companies? Able to like just take off and be super successful, and other ones just are just stuck, right? And they just can't get out of their own way. Sure. And, uh, you know, so I really try to dig in and say, like, what is it? Um, and it's funny, it turns out, you know, looking at you know, my past data, talking to a lot of my colleagues, my friends, um, it turns out there's about 11 elements of growth. And if they're not doing those, and especially the, the, the first few elements, if they're not doing those, they're stuck. They're not getting, you know, they're not getting the traction.
0: Wow. OK, that seems exceptionally precise. Uh, how did you come <laughs> up with that?
1: Yeah, it's just it, it really just digging in and, and trying to really understand. So, um, we, you know, I've had a lot of clients that I've really wanted to be successful and it's, they weren't. So just always remembering like why and writing those down and, and dissecting that a little bit.
0: Okay, well, I've got to get you started in some of these elements here. So, so what are the, sure. some of the most important ones?
1: Well, the most important one, um, and, and most marketers don't talk about this, um, is you have to have the right team. You have to have a healthy team in place if you're going to grow. If you're going to grow your business, grow your, your marketing, get more brand awareness. Um, I tend to find that the, the ones that really can't get any traction, you can always look at the team and say, what's going on there? And they're just not working together as a team. They're not a cohesive unit. It could be politics, it could be silos, people trying to you know, hold other people down and not letting ideas get to the table. Um, that's really and, and it's frustrating as an agency, when we're working with clients, and we want them to do well, we're at the table. Our team's doing everything we possibly can. And you know that you're sitting at a conference table with all these people, and you think that they're all on the same page somebody walks out of the room and all of a sudden they're, they're now talking about each other. Right. And it's like, you know, that, that's not going to work. Um, yeah, ever I mean, the-
0: I've, I, I've worked for big agencies in the past and I've had some big clients and I'm completely aware that some, um, a, a lot of organizations um, have acute um, family issues in terms of actually getting yeah. on together. Do you as an agency though actually give them advice and how to actually improve their team ethic
1: i mean it starts with kind of culture right i mean it's just you know i I think we do because we've we've worked through some things like that here at our own team um so i think i like to try hop in there and and start talking through some of that and and getting the teams to open up a little bit and getting them to start liking each other um at least working together uh in, in the right way um so i mean the most basic thing they can start doing is team building activities right and again, and them to literally like each other and care about what's going on in each other's lives, getting they to be vulnerable and being comfortable actually communicating with their team, once they can start doing that, that's the most foundational thing that they can do if they really want to have a team that's going to be successful.
0: So if you were going to advise a company on recruiting, I, I guess a team to begin with, a marketing team to begin with, mm-hmm. is it more important to actually think about um, the marketing abilities of the people that you're looking to recruit, or is personality more important or something else?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I tell all my people, we are so much more in the client service business than we are in the marketing business. That's a quote yeah. that that we hold very strong. Um, now, listen, our, our clients are complex and, and, and most clients or most companies are very complex, right? And, and, they're, and they're smart. So um, they're not hiring us because they want you know the most basic inbound marketing stuff. Done. They they want some experience, right? So I think that it's very important that whoever you bring onto your growth team or any agency is bringing you know people on board. They do have to have a, a strong background, some skills in that area. But a lot of that stuff can be teached um, and and learned in a really quick, um, in a very quick way. And Of course, we have the internet, so we, you know things change all the time. But I would definitely go back to say I, I think the most important thing we look for when we hire. Is is culture fit? We have our core values, and, and they they're very much alive in our company. Um, and they they are very much based around teamwork. And if they are, um, you know, if someone does not resemble those, and we can't find that in the hiring process or, or the onboarding process, they're not going to be here. So I think other companies need to really take a look at that. And it's harder when the company is bigger. It's harder you know, to to you know to vet those types the of people. Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah.
0: I love one of the first things you mentioned there that was was customer service mm-hmm. because you know no matter your role within an organization, most of the time nowadays um you will have some kind of contact with customers, and there's no real place for people nowadays in organizations that um don't think about how they can serve their customers better, even though their individual role isn't immediately customer focusing you mm-hmm. know it's it's it has such an impact on on most businesses.
1: Absolutely. I totally agree. Totally agree.
0: So team number one, um, yes. what are the next couple of things that are most important when it comes to actually growing a business quickly?
1: Yeah. And the next two I kind of put together, it's um, once you have this like healthy team, they're working together. Uh, there's no conflict. Everyone's going the same direct- direction, right? Um, the next two um, are um, understanding your buyer um, and having that deep understanding and then having an offering, that's going to drive a lot of value for your buyer. So, um, at the most basic thing, you're looking for product market fit, right? Um, so, understanding your buyer, we talk a lot about personas, but you know, people will create buyer personas and they'll do it as an activity once and they'll shove it in a drawer. Um, but ultimately, if you're going to find growth, you have to understand that customer inside and out, um, and then your your offering really needs to be completely crafted right around that buyer's pains, roles, and, and desired gains. Um, and if you can actually match that, and then the buyer or the market validates that by actually purchasing your offering, um, that's the only way you know you have product-market fit. So again, now I'm looking back to a lot of clients that we've worked with, um, and, and we might think that they have a really good um, product. It seems interesting. It's a, it's a product launch and, and a startup. But ultimately they never got traction and why is it? The market never really validated that because they just even if you got the awareness, you had a bunch of people come to your website, reading your blogs, engaging in your marketing, and they're not opening up their wallets, they're not interested enough to to move forward and purchase your product, you haven't really figured out product market fit. And that's really the next stage.
0: So in terms of understanding exactly who your ideal customer is, this, this buyer persona, mm-hmm. how do you actually put this together? Is it absolutely necessary to be phoning up and talking to lots of people who you have done business with in the past to actually establish you know, what background they have and, and hone a buyer persona from there? Or is there a better way to actually put together
1: a buyer persona than that? Well, there's a whole bunch of different ways to collect information. Um, you know, Phone interviews is a very popular tactic, and I think that is important um, at some level. I think talking to the people inside your organization to really understand, so customer service folks, sales folks. Um, I think that you could even look at survey data uh, and, and get some, maybe it's a good starting point, and get some high-level granular data there. Um, and of course, there's you know people leave information all over the internet. I think that's probably the, the biggest thing to look for is What are people saying in online groups and and social media? Um, Were they commenting on blogs? Um, What pains are they they bringing up on the internet? And if you can solve that. Um, So I think there's a bunch of different areas to collect that data. Um, But ultimately, I think what's most important is being able to um, put that together into a profile, uh, personify that profile so it comes alive. And then make sure everyone in your organization, top to bottom, fully understands that persona. And that's the product team, that's the marketing team, it's the sales team, customer service team, leadership. And, and they call it by name. And, and everything that, that that organization is trying to do is trying to solve for that person. I don't think anyone does this better than, than HubSpot. Um, if, if anyone is in the inbound marketing space has heard of Marketing Mary. And the whole company has been built around solving for Marketing Mary um and it's just such a well job and I, I think that speaks volumes to once they really understood who they're trying to solve for and they can build a product completely around that person and there's marketing marries all over the world they're validating that and making hubspot you know a unicorn right a, yeah. a billion dollar company and um and, and that's again that's that's the product market fit we're talking about
0: so okay so product market fit um but what if you haven't got the Quite the right target audience or your product's not quite right or you don't actually know which one it is what one is best to change your customers or your product
1: um that's uh that's a good point i I think you could look at it from either way if you you could really find product market fit by saying i have this great technology i have this great idea let me go find the market for it um, and then once you do find that market and, and you start understanding it, then really capitalize on that or vice versa. You can, you know, start a, find a problem and go solve a problem then build a business around making that, that you know, scaling that, that problem. So I think you can really look from either way, um, but you do need to start somewhere and there needs to be a match and a really strong match ultimately before that company is going to be a growth story a growth success story.
0: Okay, okay. So let's say a business has got um, all three initial steps in, in, in place. It's looking good. They've got a good team. Um, they've got the buyer persona right-ish. Yeah. And um, they've got their product, which is, is is fairly decent to begin with, they reckon. How do they go about actually setting goals and objectives in terms of you know how much is a, a good amount to be aiming for in terms of sales figures in a certain period of time?
1: Yeah, and have you ever read the book uh, Traction by Gina Wickman? I haven't. Uh, no. no, it's a great book, and I, I definitely recommend it. Um, it's it's very similar, like Rockefeller Habits um, by Vern Harnish or his new one, Scaling Up. Um, and they had like the one-page strategic plan, and in Traction they call the Vision Traction Organizer, and, and that's basically where I, I, you know, the next step here is once you really have that product market fit. It's really getting those goals out there and have a very clear direction for where you're going, and being able to bring that to life. So um, in that, in both they they paint the three year picture, they walk that back to a one year goals, and then they bring that back to like quarterly objectives. They don't overcomplicate it by stuffing a whole bunch of words and making it you know you know too cumbersome to understand. It's just very simple goals that everyone in the organization can see and they can work towards. So. Um, that's the next step in, in being able to grow. So once you really have that product market fit, then it's all about you know scaling it, right? So setting some benchmarks out there to know if you're actually scaling or not.
0: Okay, great. Yeah, looking it up at the moment, I've, I've uh, read certainly quite a few decent business books, but I haven't read that one. So um, it's, it's it, there's a good quote from Eric Ries, um, founder, of, uh, author of The Lean Startup. So I've certainly uh, read that one. He's saying, anyone trying to break through to new customers can use this smart, ambitious book. Um, So... Yep. Um, something else to add to my reading list. I'm sure the reading list of uh, a few listeners there. Um, so, uh, interesting that you talk about um, three years initially, actually. is I mean, three years, that seems like quite a long way away for a technology business. Do you think that's um, a realistic time period for a technology business to actually be able to vision in the future?
1: Well, I think, you know, you're not going to be able to picture... Um, or put into that picture every little detail, right? And I don't think that's the point of it. Um, One way you can look at it is write it as if it is that year and and what does the company look like? Um, Ultimately, what you're trying to do is let everyone in the company know this is the direction we're going in. It's not even just everyone in the company. It's letting your customers know. It's every shareholder of the company know. Um, It's it's potential job applicants. It's letting everyone know this is the direction we're going in you can either be on the bus or not on the bus. But this is where we're going. And I think that's the, the big... And it goes right back to the first one. Just make sure everyone's aligned in the direction we're going in.
0: So one of the most important facets of building a successful company nowadays is choosing the right technology. Um, so I'd love some thoughts from you on technology, on, on software that you think is essential for a business to be embracing to grow quickly nowadays.
1: Yeah, um, man, I'm a HubSpot guy. So I, I have to say that, you know, um, I've been using it for four years and, and understand that I went from being a, you know, $300,000 freelancer, you know, with, with a couple of people, um, to grow my business 10 X over four years by doing inbound marketing and everything I've done. I, you know, we've done everything we've done is, is, is through inbound. um, so inbound markets really work for us. HubSpot's right at the core of that—that that software. So um, I think the technology that I would have to say is has to be HubSpot. I'm probably HubSpot's biggest fanboy, but I'll take it. So yeah.
0: <laughs> I've actually got a question coming up called software I couldn't live without. So um, <laughs> I know first thing to mind that, that that's going to be that software, but maybe you can find something else. I will. I'll look for something else. Absolutely. <laughs> um, and. You know, we're talking about growing quickly here. Um, do you think it's essential for businesses to be growing quickly or yeah. is it quite acceptable to be growing at a, a moderate pace?
1: Yeah, no, I think I think you do have to be growing at a consistent pace. Um, but I think one of the other areas where I've seen a lot of um, clients maybe struggle is that they don't really have any acceleration. So I think that's... Um, Looking at, I guess they, there's maybe enough, they have a lot of initiatives, a lot of things that they're working on, right? And then when you look at um, three months, three months goes by, and they haven't made any traction on, on these initiatives. Um, and maybe it's because they, they, um, they have a lot of things that are just unfinished, right? They, they've started so many different directions. So I think that's the next most important part, or one of the last most important parts of, of a growth company is, is finding a way to accelerate and grab that speed and get things done. So I think software companies that get it, right, they do have these weekly sprints, right? And they say, here's all the things we're going to complete and launch at the end of this week um, or launch at the end of this month, right? And they make these sprints and sprints and sprints, and that's how they really get significant progress. They get twice as much work or twice as much released and half as much time. Um, Very agile methodology, very lean methodology, right? Um, In fact, one of the methodologies that people can use is is Scrum. Um, so I think that's going to start, you're going to start seeing that apply for all different types of businesses and not just software companies, which is where Scrum pretty much has come from. Um, we've, we've implemented Scrum here at Impact and, and all the work we're doing for our clients happens in weekly sprints. It doesn't go into the sprint if we can't get it completed that week. Um, but we're starting to see already that we're getting a lot more done and our team is like kind of comfortable, right? They're not feeling overwhelmed. They're not feeling like they have all this stuff done it has got to be due last minute. They don't have the stress of here's another thing that we're going to start and not finish because everything gets done. So um, so yeah, I go to one of the last things you got to do is really you know, to kick in the high gear is acceleration. So I like
0: that idea about applying Scrum and um, focusing on the short term to lots of different types of businesses. But I mean, how do you actually, do you have to break down tasks that take longer than a week or two? Um, if, if you're doing a big project for a client, obviously you can't do everything mm-hmm. over the short term. How do you go about actually adopting Scrum methodologies to a bigger project? That's
1: exactly it. That's exactly it. You have to um, break things down into an area where, you, one, you know you can complete it in a week, and two, you can actually estimate on it and estimate it pretty accurately. So if if we, you know, say we're gonna do a campaign, we're gonna launch a new offer, a uh, content offer for one of our clients, right? We're gonna break that down to a lot of different pieces. and, and you know, we're gonna build the content offer, we're gonna do a landing page, we're gonna do, you know, call to action, right? We're gonna break that down, but we'll even break that down even further to the next level where, you know, in one sitting, maybe it could be an hour, two hours, but we know these are the different pieces of what we're gonna do and we can get that done. So you're absolutely right. One of the biggest things of, of Scrum is, is being able to break things down to a level where you know you can complete them and you can accurately estimate.
0: I mean, just before we finish this section, I'd mm-hmm. love to get just um, one or two thoughts on using HubSpot, actually, yeah. uh, from your perspective. Um, so what do you think are one or two of the most effective content marketing activities that a lot of businesses could be doing at the moment?
1: Um, one, I think just focusing on maybe a little less content but much better high quality content uh i think if you go back three or four years ago um inbound marketing was most certainly a numbers game um it was the wild wild west of inbound marketing right so you create a blog article you'd optimize the title of the article um and then you'd write you know a 350 word you know article or post um that wasn't of the highest quality, but it worked, right? Because at the end of that article you had a call to action and you were drawing the more of those articles you had, the more traffic you're drawn to your website. I think over the last few years, um, you're starting to see less and less of those types of articles working. The ones that really are outranking are these good, long-form, high-quality posts, lots of images uh, and data and stats and links to deeper resources and I think so I would I would recommend to anyone that wants to have success with inbound marketing that's really really where the start is Um, really focus on how can we create the most remarkable best content so when someone lands on that uh, you know if it's the number one ranking someone lands on that they're gonna be really really happy they found it not saying oh you know I have to convert to get this ebook and hit the back button
0: yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say um, when you said convert to deeper resources, I, I take it you mean have to give an email opt-in. And if so, uh, is it best to actually ask for first name and email address, or just email address, or more than that? What, what are you? It, it all
1: depends. I think it probably depends on um, where somebody might be entering your uh, your database. So if it's a you know very top of the funnel, and you're just trying to maybe get somebody to subscribe to future content. Maybe all you need is an email address. Um, certainly more middle-of-the-funnel, bottom-of-the-funnel type content. Um, if you have a really good webinar coming up, it's live, and you want everyone to be engaged with it, you're going to need more information for them. Um, and obviously, if someone's going to be reaching out to you to talk to a sales team, you're going to need the the full profile. So uh, I, think it, I think it depends. Um, yes, less fields probably will increase your conversion rate, which you asked me one or two things, David. So I want to make sure I give you the second one because I think there's a really important one here that I don't think a lot of... Okay. Um, it's not done as much as it should be. and it's, it's testing um, and, and doing some a lot of tests on your website. Uh, certainly, you could always optimize your site. Uh, there's not a website in the world that can't be improved on um, in terms of driving you know um, more traffic, more leads through your website. But I think just because it's working for one company, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work for your company. So I think, yes, do do your best to put all the best practices in place. But all the key things in your site, you really should be testing that to see if I make this tweak, if I make this button that's blue and I make it orange, will that increase conversion rates? Or if I move it from here to here. Um, so we have all kinds of like little tests on our site, all types of little tests on our client sites. But ultimately what we're doing is we're increasing our conversion rate from 1.2 to 1.5 to 1.7 to 1.9 if you go from a one to a two you're doubling the amount of leads you're getting you don't have to even increase traffic and i think that's that's another area that um i would say inbound marketers really need to focus on because there's a giant opportunity for improvement there that most people aren't capitalizing on
0: so how do you decide what to test initially
1: um you just got to get creative um I think it it does take a little bit of experience to be able to look at a website and say, you know, I wonder if we move this here, if that can get an increase in conversion. So it does take a little bit of experience, but not much. I mean, you can look at somebody else's site and say, oh, they're doing that. I wonder if that's working, or I wonder if that would work for us. So instead of just going all in and saying this is the way it is and not going back to that page and saying how did it perform, You know, create a test and say, is this variant better than what I already had? And if it, you know, and then choose the winning variant.
0: Okay, so let's segue into the second section of our discussion. So that focuses on Bob's thoughts on where digital marketing has been and where it's heading. So starting off with... Software I couldn't live without. So what software do you currently use in your business, Bob? Apart from HubSpot, hopefully. Uh, (laughs) But if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success.
1: Yeah, so... um, we just, I just talked about HubSpot. Yeah, I would say that that's one of them. I'll say the, the other one I love from a marketing standpoint is, is uh, Hotjar. Dave, are you familiar with right. Hotjar at all? Yes. Yeah. Um, I think they're based in Malta, actually. They are, yes. Yeah. Um, and they, I think they also have an bo- office in Boston. So cool. Um, so we just redesigned our blog. And, uh, and there's, there's a, probably like five or six core features in Hotjar, uh, but one of my favorite ones is the, the, the recordings, the, the session recordings that you get from it. It's so inexpensive. Sure. And uh, so it's funny, as we redesigned our blog, and I would just sit there, and we got enough traffic that you know, I could just refresh, and there's five more recordings for me to watch, right? And yeah. I'm seeing actually how my site looks in different browsers, as t- people are using it, seeing where they're getting hung up. You know, We have uh, exit intent pops up pop-ups seeing how people are responding to those or how they're reacting how, where their mouse is moving so it's a lot of great information so you asked me before like where do you get ideas to test from that's another great way is to actually look the way people are using your site and say okay well if i move this from here to here based on what i'm seeing i wonder if that would change things so hot jar is definitely one of my favorite tools
0: Okay, great. Um, HubSpot's hot jar, but uh, here's a slightly more challenging question. Sure. So, that is what piece of software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you intend to try it at some point in the near future?
1: Ooh, I try a lot of software. Um, that is a great question. I'm, I'm drawing a blank, David. Um, trying to think of something that I don't use i don't know i'm i'm blanked man on that one sorry <laughs> well you can you can you can see if something pops into the back of your head um, yeah.
0: while we finish your discussion and perhaps just shout out towards the end yeah but, um, definitely we've had a couple of good recommendations for you i'm sure you've had your eye on something and thinking of using it but um i'll include um links to obviously hubspot and hotjar and um if we come up with something else in the, the show notes at digitalmarketingradio.com. But let's move on to... I wish I would have. So um, I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you're involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently?
1: I started online marketing a very, very long time ago. I think the first website I got to work on uh, for a business was back in the late 90s, but I was like 15, so I had no idea what I was right. doing. <laughs>
0: Uh, that was before me, that was uh, I was two thousand, so that that's impressive. Yeah, no,
1: actually, the first website I built, um, when I was in seventh grade, my, my friends taught me how to use GeoCities. So wow, yeah, yeah, so um, so I've been building websites for a very long time. But I think actually getting into marketing, just underst- I think understanding blogging.
0: So in terms of blogging platform, um, are you saying that you wish you got into WordPress sooner than you you did? Oh yeah, that was
1: absolutely. Our first websites we were building at impact were Joomla and that didn't last Hmm. very long. So, um, moved over to WordPress very, very quick and, uh, and then certainly picked up blogging for our clients and eventually hooked up with HubSpot and started doing it right. And, uh, So do you only use HubSpot at the moment for your websites or do you still use WordPress? I would say we're probably 90% um, using HubSpot and maybe WordPress makes up a good part of what we're not doing. So um, we are definitely known for our HubSpot web development and uh, so yeah, primarily we're doing HubSpot. We've probably launched 100 websites on HubSpot's platform in the last two years. The this or that round. So,
0: this is the quick response round. 10 quick questions, just two rules here. Try not to think about the answer too much, and you're only allowed to say the word both on one occasion. Ready to go? Okay. (whistles) Email or Twitter? Twitter. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? Display. Facebook or Google Plus?
1: Really? Definitely Facebook.
0: (laughs) You know, I started asking these questions two years ago. Uh, If I get a really for an answer, maybe I've got to change the question. (laughs) Online press releases or one-on-one relations?
1: One-on-one relations.
0: Paid search or SEO? SEO. Email contact form or telephone number?
1: Email contact form.
0: Website or app? Website. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Both and local marketing or global marketing local marketing I was thinking it was going to be email subscriber any day you know for you but it's uh, social subscriber as well, well yeah. why is that just as important as email
1: well I was I was under the gun and uh, email is good um, I you know kind of looking at I'm looking at my own company and the engagement we get and it's pretty even on both I think if you get a really you get a piece of your content to take off on social um i think there's a much larger um, return you can get on that and uh you know i just think we're seeing click-through rates always kind of diminishing so on email and i don't like being subscribed to too many emails i get enough emails it is so maybe it's a little personal for me i'd rather find, follow things on so- social so
0: so are they for different purposes then is social more for the beginning of the
1: funnel and um email further up Possibly. I think that's, that's probably a good way to look at it. Um, definitely, I mean, social has a lot more you can do with it than, than just email marketing. Um, maybe I would say maybe, yeah, definitely email more um, middle to bottom of the funnel, certainly.
0: This is a necessary evil. Yes, it
1: is, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping Slack 10, can come through and take it dollar over. question.
0: You're hoping Slack that can take over, you were just saying there. Yes, That's, yeah. <laughs> that's interesting. So, so you've embraced that fully within, within Impact. Absolutely. Slack's a lovely user experience, certainly. You, you don't even feel like, um, oh, I've got to actually open my email. No, Slack, you know, it's, it's a positive experience all around, isn't it?
1: Yes, exactly. Exactly.
0: Okay, well, um, hit the $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success?
1: I would probably give a bonus to the best person I have working for me. I think. Uh,
0: I, how, how would you measure who the best person was? I
1: think. Um, yeah, I mean, I would certainly be looking at performance KPIs, but I'm, I'm thinking outside the box here and going try and connect to some of the other things I was saying before. Um, I think making sure that the, the team feels appreciated, and they feel like they're part of the ultimate cause, and that their purpose is bought in, and they're going to be smart enough to find free ways to get a lot of awareness. Um, and, and generate a lot of leads for the business. So I, I would want my team to know how much I appreciate them. So I would give the ten thousand dollars to the team working on it, um, and let them um, hopefully they put it in their pockets, and then uh, you know they'll find other ways to to generate you know awareness for me. So I'm going completely outside the box here, David. I know, but I think I think mean, that's that's the way I would look at it. There's
0: no boxes here. <laughs> Do Do whatever you want with the money, as long as if, uh, you can justify it, I reckon. Exactly. But you started off saying you're, you're star player, I think, yeah. but then, then it moved on to your team after that, well, I think, so, yeah. so it wouldn't be just one person. Maybe not just one
1: person, may be, maybe the leader of my growth team, but I would give it, give it to my people, most certainly. And Bob, just before
0: we go, um, have you got a bit of software that you actually are thinking of using, but you haven't actually used yet?
1: Yeah, um, great question. I, I think um the one piece of software that I haven't used that I know a lot of other people are using and, and they're talking about it all the time, but I haven't even checked it out, is that Pokemon Go. Oh, <laughs> my, oh. <laughs> everyone here in my company is using it. They're loving it. Um no, in all seriousness, not nah, I I I probably won't be using can, Pokemon
0: can, Go. <laughs> can businesses use that seriously, you you well, think?
1: I'm sure I'm sure that they can. I, I I was just at the mall the other day and I see all the discounts like 5% off for, uh, for Pokemon Go players, so um, it's, it's a legit thing. And I think there's could be um, more that's going to be capitalized on that. Uh, I'm not sure how I'll use that here in my business. I'm sure we could find a way as it grows, but yeah, Pokemon Go, that's my answer.
0: Well, Bob, um, you've offered a lot of wonderful advice in our conversation, but what would you say is the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their
1: businesses? If your team is not, or if your, um, if your company is not growing, look at the people on your team. Are, are they working as a team? Are they getting along? Are they, are they the reason why you can grow or are they the reason why you're not growing? That would be the, my, my key takeaway today.
0: It's your team's fault whether it's good or bad, yes. <laughs>
1: yeah. And
0: I guess you're Could also be the leader spot, right? <laughs> I guess the team is a reflection of you, though, as well. Absolutely. <laughs> well, um, that takes us to the end of our discussion today. So, thank you so much for your time and your advice. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do?
1: Yeah. So, my website, impactbnd.com, is uh, certainly the best way to find out more about our company uh, and what we do. And, and if you want um, a little bit more from me, I think LinkedIn is the best way to stay in touch with me. So, connect with me there, send me a message. And uh, I'll write back.
0: Great stuff. So thanks to Bob, and thank you, dear to listener, too. If you enjoyed the show today, tell a friend. Whether it's Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or even word of mouth, or even Google Plus, a share would be very much appreciated. So, what are your thoughts on what Bob shared today? Maybe it's... Um, You've got a suggestion on what we should do for a future show as well, based upon what Bob was talking about today. So whatever it is, it'd be good to hear from you. Um, If you want to get in touch, at David Bain is my handle on Twitter. And of course, you can always get in touch on digitalmarketingradio.com. But until we meet again, be fantabulous and do one thing that scares you. Adios. Thanks, Bob. Great show. David, thank you so much, man.